0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach 1,000 subscribers, so anything will help. But here's where we'll start. Man, it feels good to have football back, man. Now, I understand we have college football now. We have the preseason. But the NFL is back. The NFL is back in... in I think the game on Thursday night against the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was probably one of the best opening games I can remember to date uh, for the NFL. So, going into the game, I thought it was going to be a mismatch. Uh, Dak Prescott is coming off a season-ending injury last year. Um, He didn't play any of the preseason. I think the the, the Cowboys went, like— winless in the preseason and of course you had tampa bay coming off the super bowl uh tom brady looked better than ever you you bring back all your all pretty much all your starters all the best players you know levante david uh shaq barrett Dom, all, all your best players pretty much come back i, I thought it was gonna be I don't, i'm not gonna say a blowout i didn't think it was gonna be a blowout but i didn't think the game was gonna be as good as it was so the final score was 31 to 29 And it was, see, you can't take a lot out. Well, let me say this. It's just game one. It's a 17-game season. It's going to be a long, long season. But there's some things that you can take out of, you know, game one. But there's not a lot that you can take out. And what do I mean by that? Yes, Tampa Bay won. But... You can't now say, okay, they're going to be world beaters. They're going to go undefeated. Um, if you, the win kind of masks a lot of things that Tampa Bay did wrong. First and foremost, oh, the team, I think as a whole had four, four turnovers. I know Tom Brady threw two interceptions, except I don't really count those interceptions. One of them was the Hail Mary at the end of the half. The other one was Leonard Fournette didn't know how to catch a, a fade route. <sighs> i'm not going to really put that on tom brady but the team as a whole had four turnovers like i said those two turnovers you had chris godwin was in was prime position to score and he lost the ball it it was it was oh ronald jones fumbled the ball so yeah you know 31 to 29 it was cool but they had turnovers not to mention the fact that Mike Evans was pretty much a no show. They the Cowboys did a really good job in I guess taking Mike Evans out the game. Like I said, Chris Godwin dropped some big passes and again the 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 turnover. But day one. So nobody's really going to think of that or nobody's really going to sing as hey, hey, the 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 Tampa Buccaneers won. Also for the longest or ever since the Super Bowl, I guess. I was trying to figure out What where is the weakness for Tampa Bay? They bring back all the defensive front is incredible. Their defensive front is probably one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. Their offense. I mean, you have Antonio Brown, who had a touchdown last night. You have. Uh. Gronk who had two touchdowns last night like I said you had Chris Godwin you had Mike Evans Leonard Fournette running the ball Ronald Jones running the ball Giovanni Bernard running the ball I was trying to figure out where their weakness was and last night I saw it and last night last night of course wasn't the first time of course this these problems crept crept up but it did show me it really it, it jogs my memory from what I saw last year. Tampa Bay, if they, they are in prime, they can win it all. They, they more than likely will have a deciding factor on who would win, whether they get to the NFC championship, whether they get to the Super Bowl. It's going to have to go through Tampa Bay. like I said, they're defending champs. However, let's let's go back real quick. Let's go back to last year's. We're not going to go through the whole season. Let's just go back to last year's playoff run. From Washington to the Saints to Green Bay and to the Kansas City Chiefs. What is one thing that they all have in common? Late in the game, they all had a chance to win. Tyler Heineke and the Washington football team were like three point, or like they were down three or five points late in the game and could have won the game. Of course, they didn't. <laughs> Drew Brees and the Saints were a prime position to win. It's just Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball 10, 10 yards down the field. His, his, his shoulder was completely shot. The Green Bay Packers, of course, they... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a bunch of turnovers. Green Bay was, you know, it, it was it wasn't good for Green Bay. Green Bay couldn't really capitalize on all the turnovers. There was a really questionable pass interference call that went Tampa Bay's way, and we know the infamous fourth down uh, no or fourth down play where Aaron Rodgers is in prime position to at least score, and they took him off the field to do a field goal when they needed a touchdown. It's Kansas City Chiefs. There was a lot of times where they had their, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, McCole Harmon. They they were they were open. They just missed passes. So, and last night or the other night, Thursday night football, Cowboys, Bucks, C C D Land went crazy. Amari Cooper went. Tra- I think Amari Cooper had two touchdowns. He went crazy. Now, yes, these are incredible wide receivers. But hell, Michael Gallup went crazy as well. Here's what I'm saying. For the longest, I was trying to figure out where is the weakness for Tampa Bay? What, if anything, can Tampa Bay like what could stop Tampa Bay from winning another Super Bowl? I was for a long for a while I was thinking it's probably Tom Brady. I mean, for at some point, Father Tom's going to have to hit. And Tom Brady looked incredible last night. Four touchdowns, 379 yards. Throw the ball like, what, 50 times. So Tom Brady, I don't think is going to be the problem for this team. At least it doesn't seem like there's any drop-off happening. The weakness for this team is the cornerback position. They lost one of their best cornerbacks Thursday night uh, to an injury. It looks like he he broke his arm. I hope he, I mean, I don't, I don't, it, it looked bad. So, their corner, their cornerback, was, there should be no reason why. Now, don't get me wrong. There's no, nothing. I'm not saying that the Cowboys are god awful. I'm not saying that at all. But there should be no reason why you allow. Dak Prescott, to throw for 403 yards for three touchdowns. Two of them went to Amari Cooper. One of them went to CeeDee Lamb. And honestly, I think CeeDee Lamb should have had another touchdown, but he dropped the ball. And, of course, we're not even going to talk about Greg. The Cowboys should have won the game. Greg Zerline missed a uh, extra point, missed two two field goals. Um, CeeDee Lamb dropped a pass. Michael Gallup uh, dropped a pass. And, of course, the the questionable non-call pass interference, if, you know, people can argue it was pass interference, people can argue it wasn't at the end of the game between Chris Godwin. But when you're going up against a team, let me say this. Tampa Bay should have lost the game on Thursday night again you lose a turnover battle. Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind and we'll talk about the Cowboys in a second. But Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind. I understand Tom Brady's playing well. Antonio Brown looks like the old Antonio Brown from the Steelers. Gronk looks like the Gronk from uh, the the Patriots. Like it, it, they looked good, but with all that like again you turn the ball over four times and that was a problem against um against the in the the playoffs last year while yes they were still incredible the defense was good hell we can just look at the green bay game i think they turned the ball ball over like three or four times so their cornerback position man is thin i'm not saying it's god awful but it's thin and that that puts a lot more pressure on the defensive front that puts a lot more pressure on Levante David. That puts a lot more pressure on Shaq Barrett. That puts a lot more pressure on Dominican Sue. That puts a lot more pressure on uh was it A? Like that puts a lot more pressure on them because if you don't get to the quarterback, you you have a great shot. And think about it. They should have lost the game. Imagine when they play a team like Green Bay. Imagine if they when they play a team like if they you know when they play Kansas City. Like imagine they play a team like that where if you if you turn the ball over four times, more than likely you're going to lose the game. There's very rare exceptions, but more than likely you're going to lose the game. If you turn the ball over that much, so and especially against a quarterback that's balling, and 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 with that you know. It was a good win for Tampa Bay. It was a good win for the NFL, honestly, because it was a really good game. You know, it was it was exciting. It was defensive-lated. It was offensive-lated. It was a great game. Tom Brady looked incredible. Dak Prescott looked incredible. It was a good game. So yes, Tampa Bay won. I think the NFL can can chalk that up as a victory because this was one of the most exciting uh, opening games in recent memory. But let's talk about let's 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 go over to the Cowboys side real quick. (sighs) <sighs> let's 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 talk about in totality real quick. These are two teams with two different trajectories, in my opinion. Now I know a lot of people are going to say, "But well, whoa, the Cowboys championship!" All right. These are two teams in two completely different trajectories. Now I'm not saying that one's ascending and one's descending. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, when we sit here today, the Cowboys are going to look at that as a moral victory nobody really expected him to be in the game people thought it was going to be a blowout or at least hell i think vegas had it a nine point favorite for the for tampa bay Dak, we didn't know what dak Prescott's was going to look like seeing as though we haven't seen him since last year which the last time we saw him he was getting injured uh and he didn't play preseason so we thought that it was going to be rust mike mccarthy <laughs> He didn't lose them the game. He didn't win them the game. Like, he, why would you have Greg Zerline kick a 66-yard field goal? I don't know. But, uh, hell, the kicker, like I said, Greg Zerline missed two kicks and uh, uh, missed two field goals and an extra point. Now, he did come clutch at the end, uh, well, to give them the lead, but ultimately lost. They're going to think about this as a moral victory. They're, they're pro- the Cowboys in general was probably happy for this outcome. Even though they should have won the game. Even though for the life, I understand how good right i understand how good tampa bay's defensive front is you can argue that tampa bay's defensive front is probably one of if not the best defensive fronts in football you probably have tampa bay's up there washington's is up there uh the pittsburgh steelers probably up there the 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 baltimore ravens those these are teams that have incredible defensive fronts but for the life of me i don't understand how you very rarely use Ezekiel Elliott, who a lot of people tout as a top five. I mean, there was a there was a period of time where Ezekiel Elliott was the best running back in the league, and that time wasn't too far long ago. Now, I understand, you know, some of the issues that he had last year with dropping the ball. I also understand, you know, going into training camp last year, being overweight and everything, or, you know, being out of shape. But we're talking about this year. This year, I mean, most of us saw hard knocks. He looked like the best shape of his life. And he actually looked really good when he did get the ball on Thursday. But for some reason, he could. I understand that. I think Mike McCarthy said that Tampa Bay's defense did not allow or Tampa Bay's defense dictated how you use Ezekiel Elliott, which didn't make sense to me. Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in the game. Yes, he's better than Leonard Fournette. Yes, he's better than Tony Pollard. Yes, he's better than uh Ronald Jones. Yes, he's better than Giovanni Bernard. He is the best running back in the game. Not to mention, or in the game on Thursday. Not not in all of uh, well not in all of NFL, but on the game Thursday. And yes, Dak was rolling. He threw the ball, what, 58 times? He was rolling, yes. But a person that not only came off of uh, a season-ending ankle injury last year, but he missed the preseason because he had like nerve damage or something in his in his throwing arm. Why is that person throwing the ball fifty-eight times the first game when you have Ezekiel Elliott? It just that it was the, oh man the again two different trajectories. A lot of cowboys if you talk to Cowboys Nation or whatever. They're happy from the outcome that happened Which, I mean, I get People thought they were going to get blown out By the bing, by the boom, cool And they didn't get blown out They only lost by two points They were in prime position to win the game The, The defense looked incredibly Incredibly different than last year Last year, they were one of the worst defenses of NFL history This year, DeMarcus Lawrence They looked, or at least the first game They looked really good like I said, they forced, uh, uh, they they had a punch out against Ronald Jones. Uh, they, they they looked really good. So Cowboys Nation is going to consider this a moral victory. Hell, Skip Bayless and a lot of people are saying this is a moral victory. Even even with all the problem, like I said, you won the turnover battle. You didn't win. Dak Prescott threw for four hundred and three yards for, with three touchdowns. You didn't win. Amari Cooper looked incredible. He had two touchdowns. You didn't win. CeeDee Lamb, even though he dropped a couple passes, had a touchdown. Looked really good. You didn't win. They're still going to consider that a moral victory. Tampa Bay won the game. They won the game, and they're not happy with this win. Again, the team had four turnovers. The team as a whole had four turnovers. You let a, you let Dak Prescott throw for 403 yards. I don't think he was sacked at all, by the way. Now I understand Dallas has a good a good offensive line, but Zach Martin, who is their best offensive lineman, was not there due to COVID. And I don't think they had I, I know they, they might have had a sack, maybe. Maybe a sack or two, but it wasn't really, like, game-defined. I know that they did rush rush um, Zach Prescott a couple times, but actually get, like a, like, like, a sack maybe once or twice. They're looking at this as, yes, they won, but there's a lot more improvement. If they play like this, now, again, I understand it's only game one, but if they play like this the entire season, <laughs> of course I need to see what happens with Green Bay and, and, and stuff like that, but this team, especially if they're if, if if they're back the back of their defense allows I mean you're gonna hell, C D Lamb and, and and Amari Cooper's great. Cool. But what happens when you play a, a a legit top wide receiver? Like what happens when you play Devontae Adams? What happens when you play Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? So Again, this was a win for Tampa Bay. Of course, this was also a win for Dallas. I mean, no, for the NFL. For it's back. We're excited. Um, it was an incredible game. Tom Brady looks good. the 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 Tampa The Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't look good. But again, there's not much that you now. Again, if we look, maybe week four, week week on, or week four down, and they are still playing this way. Then there might be some cause for concern. If I mean, yes, you can. They have the talent to win in shootouts, but that's not what you want to do. Especially with the defense as as good as it is, you do not want to win in shootouts. Especially when you're going to play teams like I said, the Chiefs, like the the Green Bay Packers. It has a quarterback that can win at a shootout, and that's no slight against Dak. But I'm just saying. So. That, um, it was a really good game. It was a really good game. And I'm excited to, I, this game told me a lot about both teams, but you can only chalk it up to game one and I'm not going to have any, like, I'm not going to say, Oh, they're, they're, these, these teams are God off. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to, I'm going to let it play out, but it was a good game. It was a good game. Let's move forward. Oh man. It has been a week for the Ravens. You know what? it has been an offseason for the Ravens. The Ravens have to have one of the worst offseasons in NFL history, man. I feel bad for the Ravens. First, your star quarterback, Lamar Jackson, gets COVID. <laughs> then wide receiver after wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Miles Boykins. all of them get hurt. <laughs> All of them. Hell, you're start I think Marquise Brown is gonna be there uh game one, but you're starting the season with Rashad Bateman out, who was a star uh wide receiver in the draft that you got, Boinkins, who's going to be very important, he's not gonna be there until like mid October. Then the wide I mean the running back position. You lose J.K. Dobbins, you lose Justice Hill. It's be- and then this week. Oh, this week, man! This week you lose Marcus Peters, torn ACL, out for the season. You lose Gus Edwards, who a lot of people thought because now yes, he's not J.K. Dobbins, and J.K. Dobbins is better than Gus. Uh, Gus Edwards, however, you a lot of people thought because you had Gus Edwards, it wasn't going to derail the Ravens' rushing attack because he knows the system. He he was really good last year. But then he goes out with a torn ACL, and I think if if Adam, I think Adam Schett reported this happened in back to back plays. First, first it was Edwards, and it was Peters, both tearing ACLs. Man, oh! So the Ravens did. I mean, they they did sign Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. They did sign Devontae Frieden to the pack, uh, practice squad, and they also are going to sign Latavius Murray, who was just released from the Saints. Now, for people that don't understand what the practice squad means, like you were signed to the practice squad, each NFL team is allowed 53 players. It's allowed 53 players. And what, what NFL teams usually do is they'll sign a player to the practice squad because you're not allowed to sign them to the actual squad with 53 players because you cannot have more than 53 players. So you sign them to the practice squad, and if a player, i.e., Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, gets hurt, you can elevate them to the practice squad. So when people are like, well, Le'Veon Bell only signs to the practice squad, they sign Le'Veon Bell to be on the team. That's they just haven't said that he's been what they're gonna say. Le'Veon Bell has been elevated. Hell, they signed to the practice squad, and the first report is Le'Veon Bell could play we, uh, game one. That's what that means. So oh, it just it just sucks, man. It just sucks. Now I will say this: Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Le, Le, Latavius Murray. They're going to be good. Now I think Latavius Murray probably will be the be- now I will okay. Let me say this career wise, of course, Le'Veon Bell is the best one here, but in the style in which he's more like a you know wait to see a, 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 a <laughs> wait to see an opening and then cut. Latavius Murray is more give me the ball. I'm just going to run the way the style in which the Ravens run the ball. I think Latavius Murray will be. A lot better not to mention the fact that Latavius Murray is coming off a better season last year than Le'Veon Bell. Now we also understand Le'Veon Bell was with the Chiefs, which isn't really a running uh a running a running team, and he's coming off uh well before the Chiefs he was with the, the Jets, which no. Nah. But the biggest, the biggest, and I mean the absolute biggest hit to them was Marcus Peters. With with okay, so I understand you have their their defense is still good. You still have Marlon Humphreys, you still have Calais Campbell, you still have Wolf, you still have Patrick Queen. They're they're really good defensively. But Marcus Peters, losing Marcus Peters could I'm not gonna say just losing him would be catastrophic, but it does change the way that they, you know, defend one side of the field. Marcus Peters Marcus Peters is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. That's don't don't get it confused. He's not the best of course, but he's one of the best along with Marlon Humphrey. So it's like when you have both of them together, you're able to really like you're they're they're able to you have security on the back end of your defense because you know you have two incredible corners. Not to mention the fact that even though Marcus Peters does gamble a lot, like he gambles a lot, like he he gambles. And, of course, when you gamble a lot, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. So he does have a lot of interceptions, but there are also times because when he gambles, he gets beat. But Marcus Peters, you, you can, I hate to say this because, you know, these are players and these are people. But you can replace a J.K. Dobbins. You can replace a Justice Hill. You can replace a Gus Edwards. Like I said, you have Le'Veon Bell. You have Devontae Freeman, You have um, Latavius Murray. It's going to be very hard, especially how how close that Ravens defense is and how important Marcus Peters was. It's very, very tough to replace. I know it's a whole next man up mantra in the NFL, but it's it's incredibly tough to to see how the Ravens are going to replace um replace Marcus Peters cuz I mean again, Marcus Peters was so important to their team. And I think now luckily most of their great you know really good players are young. Marlon Humphrey's is young, Lamar Jackson's young, the running backs, JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, they're young. Uh, Patrick Queen, a great def- uh, defender. He's young, but it. it I will. I'm not going to say that these injuries are going to derail the Raven season, but I do think that when we talk, when we look at the end of the season, I think the injuries to the wide receivers are going to be the biggest thing because everything. You know, we always talk about the Ravens need to improve on their off you know offense of the game as far as the throwing and you bring in Rashad Bateman you bring in Sammy Watkins to improve that and for them not to start the season and, and there's no timeable return for when you know Boinkin is coming back when Bateman's coming back and really when Sammy Watkins is coming back now we could play he could play tomorrow but we don't know so Ah oh, man, it's gonna to be tough. I do think that these injuries are really going I'm not saying the injury to the wide receivers or to Marcus Peters is going to uh completely derail the season, but I do think that this is not the time. This is not the season to 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 take for granted. Again, and I'm not saying they're not gonna be here again because you you know, Lamar Jackson's still young, but when you look at that division, man, you have the Steelers who have a lot to prove this year especially seeing as this could be one of big ben's last years you have the ravens i mean no the, the the browns the browns hell if you saw in my preview i think they have all the the, the tools to win the afc north so uh, it just sucks for the ravens man this is this gotta be one of the the all-time worst off seasons for a team man um especially a team that a lot of people think are on the cusp of greatness and they a, a team that has a lot of turnover there's a lot of change this year a lot of change and with a lot of change, especially in the NFL, you need reps. You need reps with each other. You need to understand, okay, what is Lamar Jackson like? What is Rashad Bateman like? What, is, what are the running backs like? What are the offensive line like? Like you, you need those reps. So the fact that you're not getting those reps due to injury is tough. And you lose some of your biggest pieces. Like I said, you lose Rashad Bateman, who a lot of people thought or the Ravens thought was going to be or, or their biggest catch in the, in the, in the draft. J.K. Dobbins, who a lot of people thought was going to have a big year this year, especially seeing as though they let Mark Mark Ingram go. It, it's, you know, it just sucks, man. This was a tough, tough, tough uh, offseason for the Ravens, and especially in the last, what, two or three weeks. And I I, I fear that these two or three weeks are going to affect the end of this or the the whole season due to the injuries, man. These and these aren't just like sprained ankle. These are torn ACLs, meaning we won't see these players all year. So I wish them nothing but the best. I wish them speedy recovery and uh yeah, man, it it sucks, man. It sucks. And I hate to uh I guess have a pendulum of of emotion, but moving forward, TJ Watt gets paid. <laughs> TJ Watt who's been holding out uh for them for the, or been holding out for a contract extension gets paid man now he gets he signs a 4 year 112 million dollar extension i think 80 million guaranteed making him i think one of the highest paid defensive players if not the highest paid defensive player uh in the league and it's well deserved honest Hell, if you look at the last last what three years, nobody has more sacks than him. I don't think. Um, I know he finished second last year in defensive play of the year. T.J. Watt deserves all the money that he gets. Not to, and he's the he is the he is the Pittsburgh's best player. Now again, you a lot of people want to point to Big Ben. A lot of people may want to point to Juju. May want to point to uh, uh, Claypool. May I mean Najee Harris is exciting. May want to point to Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. No, T.J. Watt is Pittsburgh's best player in my opinion, and it's not really even close. T.J. Watt is arguably one of the best. I'm you can, I think you can say he's probably top three or five defensive players in all of the league. You know, he's in a class with you know Aaron Darnold, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, T.J. Watt, Chase Young, like. These players are incredible, and the last thing you want to do, especially with Pittsburgh, and especially with you know the whole offseason they had with Big Ben, is he's you know how are we gonna how are they gonna get him on the team? Losing Bud Dupree, <laughs> you you do not want to go into a season like this with questions, especially when the the division is wide open. I mean, again, you have a lot of new new talent and new pieces with cleveland so that's gonna take some getting used to and of course we don't know the question still is can baker really take them over the top and with all these injuries like i just said with the ravens you do not want to go into this season with some uncertainties and the last uncertainty that you want or that you don't want is is jj watt i mean no it's tj watt so it makes a lot of sense i Hell, you you saw players campaigning. Big Ben said, "I took less so you can give T.J. Watt anything he wants." Because players understand how important he is to the team, and I think that he is going to be exciting year. I, and I think that they needed to do it. uh The the pitts. I think the thing that took so long is the Pittsburgh Steelers are famous for not giving people really extensions until like the 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 very end of their contract, and. This is a new time, man. This is a new date. And the last thing you want to do is lose your best player, especially a player as impactful as TJ Watt, because you wanted to stick to old ways and not give a contract extension. So, shouts out to TJ Watt, man. Shouts out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well-deserved. I think he's going to be – he's going to be – just how he's always been and that is incredible he's going to be one of the best defensive players in in the league and you know is definitely well deserved he definitely deserves what 121 million dollar extension with 80 million guarantees so shout out to him man move forward so the season like i said the season's here we had thursday's game very exciting what i want to do is i'm going to give my i already gave i already broke down the divisions i already Gave my top ten best players in the league. I I talked about. I gave my prediction of who's going to the Super Bowl. I gave my prediction who's going to the AFC Championship, NFC Championship. So what I'm going to do is give my award predictions before the season starts. Like I said, well, the season's already started because Thursday night game. But before tomorrow, Sunday, I, the unpopular podcast, Jalen Hunter, is going to give my predict my award predictions, and I'm also. With giving the prediction, I'm also going to give a dark horse prediction of who could win that or who could win that award. Let's start with the comeback play of the year. To me, it's kind of Thursday. Really changed my mind. Watching watching how good Dak Prescott looked, especially not you know coming off the 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 crucial ankle injury, coming off of not playing in the preseason. I think Dak Prescott is going to be the clear. Uh, comeback play of the year. Not to mention he's playing for quote-unquote America's team. You have the piece that he has, and they're going to – I think that they're going to – if, if – if, <laughs> I think that they need to be more of a balanced team because they can be a more balanced team. I mean, you have Zeke. You have those incredible wide receivers. I think that you – Dak shouldn't be throwing the ball 58 times a game. So, again, we'll have to see moving forward. But <laughs> – if if what I if if first if week one is an indication of what the entire season is going to look like, Dak's going to be throwing the ball a lot, uh, and he looked good. He looked really good. So I think that Dak Prescott is probably going to win the comeback play of the year. Now, who is my dark horse uh, comeback play of the year? And this could be a lot of people. I mean, Christian McCaffrey went out with injury last year. Uh, Odell Beckham went out Odell Beckham Jr. He went out with injury last year And I think that both of them Are going to have really big impactful seasons But the dark horse person is Saquon Barkley I think This is a big year Not only for the New York Giants But for Daniel Jones And I think that The team You know you gave them a lot of pieces Kenny Galladay uh, uh, Shepherd still there You have Slayton still there This While, yes, I think that this, you know, they're going to pass the ball a lot uh, because they want to see, you know, is Daniel Jones that guy, even though he does have a problem with turning the ball over. I think that they're going to rely a lot on Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley is uh, arguably the best when healthy, arguably the best running back in the NFC. And I think that probably come week, I'll say. They're saying he's still limited. So, I don't think he's just going to jump off the screen week 1. But give it to week 4 and I think that, you know, once he gets his legs and once he trusts that, you know, his 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 injury is fully gone, then we're going to see the old Saquon Barkley. So, I think I think he could be he could be a dark horse because we don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones. And I think once if Daniel Jones does not improve or or still turnover happy, they're going to they're going to really turn the offense over to Saquon Barkley and be run heavy. And I think Saquon Barkley is going to probably come week four and on is going to look like the old Saquon Barkley. So that's my dark horse comeback play of the year. Let's go defensive rookie of the year. Uh. Now the defensive rookie. This this was an interesting class. You have JC Horn. You have a lot of a lot of good defensive players, but from what I saw in the preseason, man, even though they didn't win a game, I have to go Minka Parsons. I think Minka Parsons, and I, I was on record saying during the draft that Minka Parsons is probably the best defensive player in the draft. Even though you know he 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 opted out his last year at Penn State, um, Minka Parsons is an incredible player. And I, I just think that he is he is he's Dallas was horrible last year on defense, and while they looked really good, and, and he did, you know, he he's still a rookie, so there were times on Thursday where he just didn't look the best. But Minka Parsons is explosive. He's fast. He's a hard hitter, and he is going to be very vital for the Dallas defense, and because of that. And I think that his his talent is going to be infectious because, I mean, hell, I'm not saying that it's because of him. But Dexter Lawrence, I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence looked best he's ever looked. Gregory looked the best he's ever looked. And I'm not saying it's just because of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think Minka Fitzpatrick will have the best opportunity to showcase his talent. Uh, not to mention with the whole hard knocks thing, he was like a star for hard knocks. So I think Minka Fitzpatrick will probably win defensive rookie of the year. And for my dark horse, I'll have to say Patrick Sertan. The only reason why I don't know if – that's the only reason why I have him as a dark horse is because that is a lo- – the, the the Denver Broncos is a loaded defense. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough getting some shine with that defense because, it's, again, it's loaded. And I don't know if they'll win enough. Now, that's also a problem with Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't know if – I don't think they'll win enough, but – or – I don't know if mm, no, that's not really a problem with Minka Fitzpatrick because that's America's team, so they're always going to be on TV. But you know, Patrick Sertan being in Denver, I don't know if they'll win enough for him to get the credit that he deserves. Uh, so I think the defensive rookie of the year will probably go to Minka Fitzpatrick, and the dark horse is uh, Patrick Sertan. So let's go offensive rookie of the year. To me, it's it's kind of simple. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is the best rookie as far as offensively in this cl- in the draft class. A lot of people are toting him as a, he, he could be a phenom. He can be the next great uh, quarterback in this league. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I do think that he's going to look good uh, with the talent that is around him. And I, I just, uh, you know, I just, I think this is his, his, I think, not not just the hype that's around him, but his talent. I think that this is his award to lose. So it's going to be hard. To, I mean, Kyle. I mean, Zach Wilson can 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 kind of compete, but no. <laughs> I just I, I think Trevor. This is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is Trevor Lawrence award to lose. And I think a dark horse. Like I said, you you have um, Zach Wilson. You. Have Jalen Waddle, who I think is going to be really good for for Miami. You have Jamar Chase, who can't catch the ball to save his life because it looks drastically different. This is his words, not mine. Looks drastically different from the NCAA ball. I drafted that man in fantasy too, so he better get it together. But I think the 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 dark horse, the dark horse for rookie of the year, could be Kyle Pitts. I think with the departure of Julio Jones and Atlanta is historic for being a pass first offense, I think Kyle and Kyle Pence, while he is a tight end, he's one of the most offensively gifted players coming out of this draft as far as his speed, his catching ability at the at the tight end position he, he's tight end, like he's labeled a tight end, but he has all the skills of a wide receiver. So I think that he's going to be big. I don't know if Atlanta's going to win enough, not or and the fact that I mean you brought in Mike Davis, so they're going to try to run a lot, and you still have Calvin Ridley who has is gonna move over from the second wide receiver to now the first. I don't know if he's going to get enough shine, especially being in Atlanta and the hype that's around Trevor Lawrence is huge. So. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win offensive rookie of the year, but don't be surprised if Kyle Pitts is in the running or even wins, you know what I mean? So, uh, let's go to defensive player of the year. Now, last the easy, the easy answer is 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 Aaron Donald. He always, I mean, he's one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen, but I don't think he's going to win this year. I'm going to give it to TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt had an incredible year last year. And TJ Watt doesn't seem like the type of person that gets paid and then just, just falls off the map. And he's already, you know, he's already, the, the story is after he got paid, he went to go work out. Um, and I'm not saying that that's going to be the main motivator. But I do think that he's going to improve on last year, which he finished second in the defensive play of the year. And I also think that, which it could have happened last year, but it didn't. I think that. Aaron Darnold playing alongside Jalen Ramsey is kind of kind of take shine away from him. I understand that sounds incredibly crazy because Aaron Darnold is not Jalen Ramsey and Jalen and Aaron Darnold is one of, like I said, one of the best defensive players in the, in fact, the best defensive player in the league. But I think Pittsburgh is going to use TJ a lot, a lot more. And they're, they're he's going to I think he's going to be one of the highest uh, sack sack uh, collectors in the league. Uh, Like he is year after year. So I have TJ Watt winning defensive player of the year. And a dark horse, I have Chase Young. Chase Young won uh, rookie defensive player of the year last year. Chase Young is, again, in my opinion, well, after watching Dak and how good that looked. I'm going to say Chase Young is a top three player in the NFC East. And um, I think he's going to be amongst the league leaders in sacks and we know how how good Washington's defensive front is, especially being led by him and and Sweat and and Allen. But I think that I think Chase Young is a dark horse. Uh, and and this is this is a tough this is a tough one as far as who could win because there's a lot of people. Like I said, T.J. Watt could win. Uh, Miles Garrett from the from the Browns can win. Of course, we you know about Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey could win this. Uh again chase young it's it's it's, this is this is going to be a very competitive race in my opinion or this is probably going to be the most competitive one uh and that is like i said the 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 defensive play of the year i have tj watt winning so offensive play of the year now offensive play of the year is usually the non-quarterback award (laughs) because usually quarterbacks get the mvp if you i mean if you look last year or the last few years used been quarterback at the MVP and maybe a running back or a wide receiver or some gets the offensive rookie of the year. And I think that this year is going to be no different now for the offensive rookie of the, or offensive player of the year. There's a lot of candidates. Like I said, that can, Derrick Henry has won this multiple times. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be really good, especially for you know coming back and, and how he was before the injury. I think he's going to be really good for the Panthers. Uh Devontae Adams is going to be up there, in my opinion. De- DeAndre Hopkins is going to be up there. But I think that the offensive player of the year is going to be Alvin Kamara. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks, and I've been saying this since I did the breakdown. There's a lot of question marks with the Saints. You know, how are they gonna look with with Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback? How are they gonna look with Drew Brees gone? How, you know, what are they going to do with Taysom Hill as far as are they going to run the same packages that they ran when Drew Brees was the quarterback? What's going to happen with Michael Thomas? I understand he's on the PUP list. When is he going to come back? He he elected to have surgery in June. So when when, if at all, are we going to see him this year? There's a lot of question marks for the Saints. But there is one thing that I think a lot of people are banking on, and that is Alvin Kamara is going to be great. Alvin Kamara is still arguably the best running back in the NFC, arguably top five running back in in all of football, and probably top three or four, yeah, in in all of football. And I think that the Saints are going to lean on him heavily. Because, I mean, we know at this point now – J- James Winston says he's a new person. Uh, he got the LASIK surgery, but the Jameis Winston that we're used to seeing is—he'll throw you thirty touchdowns, and he'll give you—he'll throw thirty interceptions. That's not going to work. Now, again, what 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 are the, how is how is he improved? Is he is he going to improve his turnover turnover uh, turnover problem? But. I think that the Saints are going to rely heavily on Alvin Kamara, and I think they can rely heavily on him because he is one of the most durable players in the league. He's one of the best running, arguably the best running back in the NFC. So I think that all the opportunity in the world is going to be for Alvin Kamara to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to do that. And the dark horse, honestly, is Stephon Diggs. You know, a lot of people talk about Josh Allen and, you know, his, his – his incredible transformation or his his improvement from one year to the next. I mean, the year before last, he was I think one of the worst uh accurate like his accuracy is one of the worst in the league and he had a turnover problem. Then the year after that, he's he's a he he gets the bills to the NFC or AFC championship. He's in the in the uh MVP discussion. I think a lot of that is because of course his improvement with the coaches but it's also because of Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, you know, when you get that prime number 1 receiver, it can make the, the just the the it can make everything around the team better. It can make the quarterback better. And hell, I'm not saying that he was trash, but look what happened when Kyler Murray got DeAndre Hopkins. Now that's one of the the most that's one of the most lethal duos in the league. So I think Stephon Diggs is going to continue to improve and continue to rival or throw his name in the debate of one of the best wide receivers in the league. And I think that the Bills are going to make a lot of noise this year. And a lot of that is because of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. So and like I said, the the MVP is usually goes to the quarterback. So I think the offensive play of the year again, I have Alvin Kamara winning it. But the dark horse definitely is, or in my opinion, is Stefan Diggs. So then we get to the MVP. And there's a lot of names you can throw out there. You can throw out Aaron Rodgers, who won last year, Tom Brady, uh Josh Allen. I think his name's gonna be in the list. Uh or be in the mix. Um Russell Wilson. I think his name's gonna be in the mix. There's a lot of names that are, are going to be in the mix. But I think <laughs> I think until I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, man. I think losing in the Super Bowl definitely uh and the in the way that they lost, I think is going to going to going to motivate him and I mean, he was I think he finished top 3 last year. Like Patrick Mahomes was was great and Pat, we know how good Patrick Mahomes is. And I think with the added now that you get Orlando Brown uh for the offensive line, you get Kyle Long. I think this is going to be it's going to be something to see, uh, and and I, th- I just think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, well, until you know, I I think he's the best quarterback in the league, even though Aaron Rodgers is the, had the best season. I ranked him number one until Patrick Mahomes uh, dethrones him if he does that. And I I think with the off season that that we saw from Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if fans or whoever has to vote. I don't know if they're going to vote Aaron Rodgers, even though I think he's going to have an incredible season. I just give it to Patrick Mahomes. Now the runner-up or the dark horse. Again, I was tempted to go Russell Wilson. I think that they have a the Seattle Seahawks because of Russell Wilson has a really good shot of, of not only making it to the playoffs, but maybe having a deep run because of R- Russell Wilson. I think Josh Allen's name is going to be up there. Uh I I he has to add to the success that the Bills had, or at least continue the success that the Bills had last year. Uh Aaron Rodgers, again, his name's gonna be up there because of probably how what their record the Green Bay record looks like and his touchdown interception ratio is always incredible. Tom Brady is gonna be up there. But a dark horse MVP, I have Lamar Jackson. When you look at everything and we just talked about it, when you look at everything that happened with the uh, with the Ravens this entire offseason. I think that they're going in fact, I know they they're, they're going to need Lamar Jackson to be at his best. They're going to need Lamar Jackson to be the Lamar Jackson that won the MVP what a, a 2 years ago. Um and I think that I think he can do it. And with the division that they're in if they get the number one, if they get with all these injuries, if they get if they win the NFC North, I think that there's a a a, a and he's a big reason why I think there's an incredible argument that you can have that Lamar Jackson is MVP. So I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win it, but a dark horse because of the injuries and because how much pressure is on his his shoulders now because he doesn't have like a reliable running back core uh i I think lamar jackson is a dark horse so um yeah man those those are my predictions if you agree let me know who do you think is who who you think is going to win your favorite award who you think is going to win some of these awards leave it in the comments let me know and definitely talk about it so but moving forward so before you know let's what i want to do now we already got thursday game out the way let's i just want to go and give and predict how all these games are going to turn out on or tomorrow week one continues tomorrow and we have the jaguars and the texans uh that game is going to suck however because both rosters are 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 not that good honestly but i do think that the jags win this because i am going to pick trevor lawrence over tyrod taylor right now and it's not just over tyrod taylor it's I think the Jaguars, even though their their roster is horrible, I think their roster is better than the Texans roster. And I don't think the Texans are really motivated to win right now. So I have Jaguars winning that game. Chargers at Washington. I think the Chargers' biggest issue last year was their defense and their offensive line. And now I know they did get Rashawn Slater uh, from the draft, who was probably the second best offensive lineman in the draft. So I think that's going to help. But... I'm going to pick Washington. Uh, I think that defensive front is really going to bother and disrupt Justin Herbert. I think it's going to be a good game, especially with Washington being at home. I got Washington beating the Chargers um, in a close one because Justin Herbert is going to be really good. Keenan Allen is going to be good. Uh, I think losing Hunter Henry is is, is kind of big, but they did replace him with a good tight end. And their biggest issue was the offensive line and their defense and, you know, I do want to see how Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to capitalize on the defensive uh, struggles that the Chargers have, and they didn't. The Chargers didn't really look good in the preseason either. Uh, so I have Washington winning that one. I think a really good game is going to be Seattle at the Colts. Now I think it's only going to be a good game is because of the Colts' defense. I'm I'm still I'm still waiting to see which Carson Wentz you're going to get. Uh, I know he's going to start, or I know he's starting. So I don't. if you're going to get the Carson Wentz of old, like the, the Carson Wentz before the injury, then you have a game. And the Seahawks, their offensive line is still horrible, even though they did address the offensive line. So we need to It's, it's horrible until proven otherwise. Um, and then they did kind of address the defense. It's not the greatest. But you saw the best player in this game is Russell Wilson. And the best receiving core in this game is the Seahawks, so I have the Seahawks winning away. Uh, I have the Seahawks beating the Colts. So the Jets and the Panthers. I have the Panthers winning this. I think Sam is pretty much Sam Donald's revenge game for for the Jets, and the Panthers just have a better roster than the Jets. I understand you have Zach Wilson, who you know he looked really good in the preseason. But other than that, I mean, the Panthers have Sam Darnley, You have DJ Moore. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Robbie Anderson. You have JC Horn. Like, I have I have the Panthers winning this, and actually winning this pretty easily. Vikings at Bengals. Uh, I th- I'm a, mm, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I'm gonna go with the Vikings because it's a better team than the Bengals. I think that you know we're still. I want to see what Joe Burrow looks like coming off an injury. I know that a lot of reports are coming out saying he's still having trust issues with his leg after the injury. So, you know, uh, give it a couple weeks. I think it's going to improve. Jamar Chase needs to catch the ball. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Uh, He said T. Higgins is good. Tyler Boyd is good. Um, Joe Mixon is going to be good. It's just that offensive line is horrible. This is why I said they should have got Panay Sewell. But, hey, I don't know. They didn't do it. It's cool. I just think the Vikings. Actually, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I'm just go with the Vikings. I I don't really have like a, the Vikings is that much better. I don't know. I, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I just the the Bengals offensive line. Now the Bengals offensive line is bad. Yes, but the Vikings defense ain't good either. So I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. I got the Vikings winning that. Uh. You have Cardinals at Tennessee. I think that this is going to be a very good game. Ryan Tannehill against Kyler Murray, Julio Jones against um, DeAndre Hopkins. I just think that – I think Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and that offensive core is just going to be a little too much for the the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals did improve defensively, but defense was their biggest issue, and, again, we still need to see if – cliff kingsbury is a good coach so i have the tennessee titans i have the tennessee titans winning this in a close one i think it's gonna their deep their defense is not that good but i think their offense is going to overpower the cardinals offense so or cardinals defense even with jj watt and some of the new pieces that they got so i I have the the tennessee titans winning it and the tennessee titans are at home and i think that's big too so the 49ers and lions uh i got 49ers Even though we still don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback position. The 49ers is a better team all around, both defensively and offensively. Uh, We don't know if uh, the—we don't know—I mean, it's the Lions. We don't know if Swift is going to play. And the news that we're hearing from DeAndre Swift this week has been wild. But, um, yeah, I I just have the 49ers. I don't think there's going to be a close game, honestly. Uh, Steelers at Bills. The Steelers did not address their offensive line, and I think that that's going to be, that's going to be an issue as far as trying to get Najee Harris going. Uh, now, the Bills' defense is not that good either, but Josh Allen with, with Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley in, in that core, I think that the Bills are going to—and the Bills are at home— I think it's going to be a good game, you know, defense against offense because TJ Watt's coming, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, all, all of them. They're they're going to be good. So, but I have the Bills beating the Steelers in that one. Eagles and Falcons. I don't even know how to. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, both teams. I don't understand. I don't understand why the Falcons are so bad, even though they have a a. a, a uh, okay offense and the Eagles are just so dysfunctional man I don't I don't know what's gonna happen so I, I'm i gonna go with the Falcons I think with Calvin Ridley uh, Kyle Pitts uh, Mike Davis I think that they're they have a better offensive core than the Eagles and I don't I don't I don't know what to get from the Eagles honestly I don't I don't know honestly I think probably the best game of the week Even though it's not America's game. I think the best game is going to be the Browns and the Chiefs. This is the repeat of, I think, the second round of the playoffs last year. You have, I think this is going to be an incredible game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. The Browns' defense is really good. I mean, Jadavion Clowney was added to them. Uh, Miles Garrett is still good i do I, they did address the 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 back end of their defense which was their biggest problem last year it's just i don't know how if they're going to be able to keep up with patrick mahomes and that offensive attack and the fact that the chiefs addressed their biggest weakness which was their offensive line i think it's going to be big i have the chiefs winning this and the fact that the chiefs are home i have the chiefs winning this in a close one uh and honestly uh I still want to see what the back end of the Cleveland defense looks like. And if Baker Mayfield continue, uh, they're still going to, not to mention, they're going to implement, they're trying to implement uh, Odell Beckham Jr. back in. So now I also understand you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game, but I have the Chiefs winning this and a close one. I think probably Chiefs and maybe, maybe a three, three point game. I think it's going to be good. Packers and Saints. Uh, Again, a lot of question marks with the Saints. We do know that I, we do believe in Alvin Kamara is going to be that dude, but how is Jameis Winston going to look, especially playing against ones? Because he looked he looked pretty good playing in, in the preseason, but you're not playing against actually, you know, full rosters. So I I I got Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. You still have Devontae Adams, you still have Aaron Jones uh you still have the Preston brothers you Veda have Veldes, Scantling. like they it's it's going to be a good team i do think that the loss to um devin funches even though it's like what well, devin funches i think that's going to be a big loss for the for the green bay packers i just don't think it's going to be a big loss for, uh, on sunday so i have green bay packers beating the saints the broncos and the giants this is a big game this i'm not saying this is the most this is the most exciting game but i think this is a big game You have Teddy Bridgewater starting for the for the Broncos. You have there's still questions about, you know, are the was last year more of who the Broncos were or was it mostly because of Drew Locke and his inconsistency? And then again, like I said earlier, you have Saquon Barkley coming back for the Giants. Is Neil Jones is his um, interception (laughs) problems? Or turnover problems is that behind him, even though it wasn't behind him in the preseason. I think this is a important game, and not to mention the NFC East. Most all of these games pretty much are important because the NFC East is so close. I have the Giants winning this. I th- yes, Teddy Bridgewater good, but I think that the Giants' their defense is really good as well. It's just really on they they have the better core, both defensive. Well, I think the defensively is kind of even between the Giants and the Broncos. It's just. The offense. And I think even though you have Judy, you have Sutton coming back or yeah, coming back from injury last year. And Melvin Gordon at the running back position, I, I just think that the Giants it's really dependent on in most of these most of these games, most of these weeks, it's depending on the quarterback. It's depending on Daniel Jones. So I think Daniel Jones is gonna get it done. So I have the Giants winning uh against the Broncos. The Dolphins against the Patriots. This is this is an exciting game because Mac Jones' first official start and, I mean, you you let go of Cam Newton because you have all the faith in the world in Mac Jones. Uh, and the Dolphins haven't really shown that they – I mean, they didn't even make Tua – they didn't make Tua a captain. So they haven't really shown they have the most faith in Tua. But I do think that the Dolphins as a team and as a whole uh, – a well, as a roster is better than the Patriots. Now, the Patriots is an, is an incredible team. And, of course – probably and probably has the best coach in the NFL and Bill Belichick so I think it's going to be a good game. I think that they're going to run the ball a lot. I have the Patriots. I have the Patriots winning this. I don't I still need to to I think this is a big game for Tua, big game for the offensive line and I think the last thing you want to do is have some uncertainty about I mean uncertainty about your quarterback going into uh, new England with Mac Jones with now I, I I said this before I think Mac Jones is going to win a lot of games I think he's going to win games I think he's good but I just don't think that he's you know good enough to get them over the hump right now now again moving forward I think he'll be all right but you know we still need to see uh, but I have the Patriots beating the, the Dolphins so uh, Sunday Night Football I have the Bears and the Rams I have the Rams because Andy Dalton starting, and we still don't know when Justin Fields is coming, if he's coming, and we've seen the best of Andy Dalton, and against Jalen Ramsey, against Aaron Donald, against that defense, it's going to be tough, not to mention this is a big game for Matt Stafford. You're hearing a lot of people before the season starts talking about, you know, Matthew Stafford. While they did get Matthew Stafford, the team is n- no better uh than it was with Jared Goff. So I think that he has a lot to prove as well. So I think the Rams are gonna win this actually fairly easily. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna disrespect the, the the I'm not gonna disrespect the Bears defense. Khalil Mack is good. I'm not gonna disrespect him. But I will say that the offense, even the, it's not just it's it's the quarterback. And I think Andy Dalton is going to struggle against the Rams defense. So I have the Rams. And Monday Night Football, Ravens at Raiders, I have the Ravens. I I say this every single time I talk about the Raiders. The Raiders have a good team. I just don't understand what they're doing. Their offensive line sucks. Um, Derek Carr, he's cool. Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, They gave up a lot of. of, uh, They gave up Nelson Aguilar, who doesn't seem important in the grand scheme of things, but he was like one of their. I think he was their best wide receiver. I don't know. Alex Leatherwood is on the offensive line. I don't know what's going on, and I don't think I think I know Harbaugh is a better coach at this point than John Gruden. Now I, I don't I don't think the injuries are going to really hurt the Ravens until you know they do. And I just don't think they're going to hurt the Ravens against the the Raiders. So I have the Ravens winning that. Uh, so yeah, those are my predictions, man. Those are my predictions with all the games uh, in Week One, and of course when we come back on Wednesday we'll talk about what happened so and lastly before we go uh the Washington Mystic star Elena Deladon status for the season is is kind of doubtful now Washington is what a game and a half I think they're 10 and 18 they're a game and a half behind the the eighth spot in the playoffs and of course the eight teams go um and the question is, if there's even a chance that she plays, should they play? Uh, Washington has been riddled. The Mystics have been riddled with injury this entire year. I mean, she's missed most of the year. Tina Charles has missed a couple games. I forgot the the lady's name that they acquired from, um, from Seattle, but she's missed most of the season with a leg injury most of their players have missed time. Uh hell, Atkins is missed most of the players have missed time. But of course the question is, I mean, your your um your you you have an opportunity to make the playoffs and Elena Deladon, the reason why she's out now, she had back surgery a while ago and you know nerve, you know the nerves and stuff. She she's having nerve problems and she the last thing you want to do is have that get worse, because if it gets worse, it could be permanent. And that's the biggest reason why I don't think that she should play again as far as this year. She looked she looks OK. She looked OK coming back. Uh, she looked really good coming back. But and and at the best, Elena Deladon is, in my opinion, the you can argue top three player in the league. She's definitely a first by the Hall of Famer. She was a huge reason why Washington won a championship back in what two thousand eight nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that even if Washington makes it to the playoffs, I know again they're a game and a half behind the the Liberty. I don't see them making any noise. As far I don't really because this season, even though you have Tina Charles, and you would have Elena Deladon if she's even able to come back. This team has been riddled with so much. And I think this is just a, a throwaway season. Because of the injuries that they've dealt with, I think this is a throwaway season. So, even if they make the playoffs, I don't see them unseating anybody. And I, the last thing I would want is my star player in Helena Deladon to come back before she's supposed to come back just to try to win a playoff game or two and end up losing, and end up losing her for the long term. So, I wish for a speedy recovery. Um I of course I'm a Washington Mystics fan. I I've, I've been to several games. I I enjoy watching them and I, I of course I want to see them win, but I want to see the better you know, I want to see these players healthy. Like I feel with a healthy Elena Delle Donne, a healthy Tina Charles coming back next year I, and and a full full healthy roster, I think that we will definitely make some noise. I just don't see it this year. So i i don't i don't think that she i don't think that there should be a question if she comes back she just needs time to heal and you know i i I hope nothing but the best for her as far as laden deladon and and i hope for a speedy recovery not just because i'm a washington fan or not just because you know i want to see her play but i don't want any player to have their career altered by back injuries or or stuff like or any injuries in general so but there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Football's back. I appreciate you guys. I'm excited to see, you know, I know week 1 started Thursday, but, you know, I'm excited to see the games tomorrow and and have a feeling after coming back from church and or, or coming back from work or church or wherever you're coming from, a full slate of games uh, on the NFL, on the NFL docket. So, I'm excited. Um if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Hey man, go get your go get your merch today. I have multiple designs, multiple colors. Go get your merch today. They look good. It makes you feel good. You know, when you when you walk out with the unpopular podcast logo on your chest. It makes you feel good. <laughs> so go get your go get your um merch today. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach 1,000 subscribers, so tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend and all you guys subscribe, and I'm going to get there faster than not. So, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love.